My name is Dr. Tram Jones, and since 2019, my wife and I have been living in Haiti. This is the story of our life there and the patients we've seen. Medicine here is different. I kept being told this before I moved down to Haiti. I took this as an implication that my residency in the U.S. had not trained me sufficiently to practice there. But the more people told me this, the more I mulled it over. What did this mean? Okay, yes, there would be typhoid, malaria, tuberculosis. And I'll admit, I didn't have significant experience with these diseases. Malnutrition, dysentery, scabies, these were not everyday maladies that I saw in the U.S. But this could not explain why medicine would be difficult in Haiti. In American medicine, particularly in the hospital, you regularly come into contact with pathologies that you're unfamiliar with. I don't see hairy cell leukemia or glycogen storage diseases daily, but if I had a patient with it, I'd simply read about it and treat them. No problem. So what did people mean that medicine was different? It was not what you might expect. They weren't talking about the diseases. That was straightforward. What I found to be difficult were the new norms. Last year, I saw a young man in the clinic who happened to be an Ungan, or a witch doctor. He was perhaps 25, well-built, and well-spoken. He walked in and placed his hand on the desk in my office. His hand was massively swollen and red. As I examined it, it was warm. The digits and palms were so puffy that he couldn't move. He told me this had been developing over the last several days. Unlike many other patients with this problem, he denied that he'd been bitten by an animal or person and said he hadn't hit it on anything. As we talked... Although the patient was hesitant to take medications, he eventually agreed. While he was in Ungan, he said that he knew that this problem was not spiritual. It was something medical. So I started him on oral antibiotics. I asked him to ice it and to elevate it. The hand is a sensitive and essential body part. If the infection spreads to the tendons and the deep tissues, it can cause permanent disability. I told him that I was worried. I wanted him to come back soon to see how it was progressing. One week later, he came back to see me. The hand was still swollen. Perhaps it had gone down minimally, but if so, it was barely noticeable. Now I was even more worried. It had been 10 days, and there was a good chance that it could infect the deep tissues. I told the patient I wanted him to go to the hospital. From his reaction, though, I could tell that he was not in agreement. So I brought my Haitian colleague, a general medicine doctor, in to speak with the patient further. After we all sat and talked, my colleague suggested that we simply treat him with a shot of ceftriaxone and try a different oral antibiotic. He explained to me that the cost of hospitalization could push the young man further into poverty. I reluctantly agreed. And yet, another week later, the patient came back and his hand had deflated and was nearly cured. As I think about this case, I'm going to let you in on the thought process in the minds of American physicians. Now, sometimes the diagnosis is clear. Let's take, for instance, a patient who comes in with crushing chest pain and an EKG that is off the charts. Now, the interpretation in this case, it's straightforward the patient is having a heart attack. More commonly, though, you have a patient with some moderate chest pain, a normal EKG, and maybe some lab values that are slightly above normal. Whether we formally do this or not, doctors unconsciously assign a percentage chance that the patient is having a heart attack, maybe 5%. This happens with all sorts of diseases. Perhaps you have shortness of breath. We think to ourselves, now what are the odds that this patient has a blood clot in the lungs? You sit, you take everything into account, and you say, eh, probably around 10%. Then we take those odds and the seriousness of the potential illness. If both of these are high enough, we'll do the next tests or admit you to the hospital. So for a heart attack, you might say, if the odds of that are greater than 2%, we're going to do a full workup. But maybe if you're talking about something less serious, like a urinary tract infection, 
you'll need the possibility to be above 20% for you to do a full examination, because the results of missing the diagnosis are not likely to be life-threatening. And so it goes with every diagnosis and situation. In Haiti, this under-the-hood, unconscious calculation is vastly different. In the U.S., even a small chance of a bad outcome is enough to trigger a hospitalization. And there are multiple reasons why this threshold is low. First, there's always the risk of a lawsuit in the U.S. In Haiti, on the other hand, even criminal cases with prisoners in jail can take 10 years to come to trial. The threat of a lawsuit is not really serious. Second, cost is a large driver in Haiti. Outside of perhaps 5% of the population, no one has insurance. And for the poor, budgets are so tight that a hospital stay could be devastating for the family. This has trickle-down effects on the patient's children, perhaps they won't eat, and then they'll suffer from malnutrition. This is a reality. Would you consign a family to poverty for a 15% chance of a serious hand infection? Third, the ability to intervene is reduced, and thus, in the great cost-benefit equation, the potential benefit is diminished. Let's take this patient as an example. If I had sent him to the hospital, he could receive an x-ray. Now, this could show some bone changes indicating that the infection had reached the bone or gas indicating that there was gangrene. But then the question would come up as to whether the patient had the funds to pay an orthopedic surgeon to actually operate. Or take our original example, a heart attack. There is no availability for a heart catheterization in Haiti. So yes, you might diagnose a heart attack if you send them to the hospital, but then you cannot perform many of the therapeutic interventions that would be available in the U.S. So the benefit is really kind of minimal even if you catch the disease. These decisions are the challenging aspect for an American doctor. You might come to Haiti for a week-long trip and be able to make amazing diagnoses. And you may prescribe the perfect treatment plan for an American. It is technically correct if you go by the book, but the cost of the plan is too much for too little benefit. I've lived in Haiti for a year and a half, and I still struggle with this. One of my friends, Nancy, who is a doctor in the States, was working with me a couple months ago. We had a patient who was in our prenatal program come to the clinic for routine labs. Now, we perform a basic examination for all of our prenatal patients free of charge midway through their pregnancy. For this particular patient, after the test was run, one of our lab technicians called me over. Dr. Tram, her hemoglobin is 4.3, she whispered. Hemoglobin is a measure of anemia. Normal for a woman is around 12.5. We would consider transfusing blood if it was below 7, and this woman's was 4.3. I sat with the patient, and I examined her. She did not look particularly fatigued. Maybe a little tired, but it was clear that this anemia had been long-standing, maybe for years. Her body had gotten used to it. I didn't know what the cause of the anemia was, though. On the microscope, there was no evidence of sickle cell. Maybe she had had heavy periods for years with a low iron diet. Or maybe it was genetic anemia. Either way, if I were in the States, the decision would be straightforward. Do not pass go. Do not collect $200. Go directly to the hospital. We would have just waved you along. With the hemoglobin that low, any kind of birth complication could lead to death. But given my history of knee-jerk hospitalization decisions in Haiti, I was hesitant. I knew the family was from the mountains, and I knew that a blood transfusion in Haiti was no easy feat. Money would be a major issue. And so I demurred. I wanted to send her home on iron supplements, but I talked with my colleague. He told me that even with those constraints, we had no choice. With a probable home birth in the future for this woman in the mountains, we needed to hospitalize her now. I'll admit I felt a little sheepish. I had the familiar, embarrassing humbleness I had felt for a year and a half of stumbling through working in Haiti. And that humbleness is necessary. If you come to Haiti as a physician and come back confident, 
it probably means that you made a dozen errors and never realized it. Working as a physician in Haiti is not like the United States. And it's not the diseases. Honestly, those are pretty straightforward. And if you don't know the answer, you can always look it up. Perhaps we would call them the soft skills, the knowledge of your surroundings. What hospitals are reputable? How do I talk with an illiterate person to help them understand their illness? Knowing when to send a patient to the hospital. These are not only foreign to American doctors, they're almost impossible to learn without being on the ground in Haiti for a long time. Fortunately though, you have resources. Haitian physicians are happy to help you as their colleague. You are both on the same side after all. When we have a good discussion, Haitian and American, I find that we can discover the right path forward. Thank you for listening. Every Wednesday morning, we publish a new narrative from life here. We are simply telling stories as we've seen them in Haiti. But Haiti is a fascinating country with a rich history, and there are many Haitian voices that can tell the story of Haiti in all its facets, and we encourage you to seek them out. As we made this episode, some names may have been changed to protect confidentiality. If you enjoyed the show, tell your friends or give us a rating wherever you find your podcasts. To learn more about the work of Light from Light in Haiti or to get involved, visit us on the web at lightfromlight.me. Thank you and God bless.